0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. and Okay, so I've got
1: two hours.
2: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and from Coolidge, Arizona, on December the sixteenth, two thousand eighteen. Glad to have you who are abroad tuned in, and uh, we have folks in Ohio and Oregon and California and all over the country. And we would like to um, begin. Well, we we, we uh, should remind you that we're in the Book of Acts, chapter 15. But before we begin each lesson, we are introducing some secondary ideas for you to ponder. And some are controversial, and that's fine. We want you to be mad, sad, or glad when you leave. We don't care which. We don't want people coming here without any emotion. Now, if you have this handout today, it's where we're going to be starting. It's from the Webster's Dictionary. And um, there's um, a little statement over there as a response to a question asked last week about how I was using the word, word cradle. Now, to you, when you hear of a cradle, what do you think of?
1: A baby. Oh,
2: you think of a baby. Yeah. Well, that is a good start. Anybody else have an idea? When you hear the word cradle, at least now I'm enunciating it so that you can hear it and understand it, apparently. Last week, I don't think people knew what I was saying. But th- that's, a good, that's a good beginning point. And if you look at the notes, uh, to, to answer the question that came up last week, I have two highlights here which don't come through to you on the red, I don't think. But down, it'll be underlined in your text. And by the way, this was sent out to everybody. So um, you folks in Oregon and, and the California and, and wherever you are, uh, you can uh, download this. I want to define this because to understand where the Scriptures are going, you need to understand where and what they are nestled in. Now, that's probably a word you're not familiar with hearing either. What do you think I mean by that?
0: <laughs> Nestle Nestled in.
2: Yeah, that's right. Good. Oh, we need you. <laughs> and you're going to be here a while?
1: I have to go home and make be gone for a week. When you think of cradle, I think of it as a verb, too.
0: Like you cradle something oh, in your hand. It can
2: be both a noun and a verb, yes. Very good. Mary, you have your first A for the day.
1: Yes! Now, I never get those anymore. You know why? I, I Yeah, I do exactly why.
2: Okay, we'll leave it at that. Okay, look at the first one. And because we, I only allow about five to five or so minutes for this little introduction thought, and then I have one in between that'll really stir your blood up today. But that's okay. But this one is an introduction to what we're doing in Philippians chapter four, verses four to six. And I wanted the the words that we're going to be using are coming out are the outflow of this introductory section and so i introduced it by using the word cradle it means a place the definition that i'm using remember that two weeks ago i told about the 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 rules of oratory is that if you define a term you can define that term a word to be used any way you choose to use it providing you always use it the same way consistently.
1: And you have to define it so that your audience define it. knows how to are it. Any word can
2: be used, if there's not a specific word for it, can be used any way you want to use it, providing you very distinctly define it and that you use that word with that definition consistently. What is your first name?
1: Carolyn? Oh, Carolyn? Carolyn? I, I wrote heard it Rick. down, David. What? I wrote it down. Oh, so, you wrote, oh good. So we're safe. Carolyn and Rick. <laughs> Carolyn
2: and Rick. <laughs> we will remember because we'll just... So here up. we have the, the first thing that I... The first element here. Uh, there are lots of definitions. You can see that this paragraph is all about defining cradle. The one that I'm after and that I was using is um, C. I think it's C. I don't have it in a large copy. A place where something began to develop. To develop. Okay. Now you think about that. A place where something begins to develop. So we have a grouping of words in in Ephesians, or Philippians 4. And out of that grouping of words, we have something emerging. So we don't want to then define those terms apart from what they have emerged from. You get it? That's another A for you,
1: Nolan. You know, David, I... uh... I do. I did want to interject this. As long as you're talking about definitions, yes, is that uh, in some of the early engineering books that I've studied in my writing, uh, uh, the term "cradle" is used to describe a frame that supports the item from every direction. That's right, and that's top, bottom, and side. And that's number two.
2: That's right down here. Right. That's right out of this book. The engineering folks got it right. So down to number, what did you say, uh, Alex? What did you? Okay. So you have that one in mind? So I'm applying then that um, verse 4 is the beginning of our cradle for where the author is going. And where he is going can't be looked at separate from the cradle out of which it came. I hope you understand that, because now, number two, it's a wooden frame. In this case, and it can be metal. I mean, that's that's in the definition otherwise. Oh, I'm almost done, Alex. But thank you. A a wooden frame supporting a ship when launched, and called the launching cradle. So we're talking about a group of words here are the launching cradle of where, what he is going to have to be, or what he is going to be dealing with. That, I think, clarifies my use of the term, does it, for last week? Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: That's in Acts. or your
2: Philippians one. Uh, we're in Philippians yet. So now I want to look at those words, and we look at verse uh, Philippians four four. Um, Rejoice in Lord. So in is positional. It is your position in the Lord, and those who are in the Lord are to rejoice we don't see much of that going on today we just don't see a lot of rejoicing going on but this deals with your position in him you have that clear
0: rejoice is active
2: and, and rejoice is active you must rejoice where in, the Lord. in. in him And it's imperative, meaning that it is an order. It's a command.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I don't see much of that going on today.
1: We see it every (laughs) Sunday.
2: (laughs) (laughs) With uh, faces that look so downtrodden and look like they've eaten their oatmeal out of the gas filler pipe. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And again I say, rejoice. So again, he is reemphasizing it. Now we've already discussed those. Let's go to verse 5. And then let your moderation be known unto all men. The the, the word moderation there is an adjective and it means the uh, uh, always whatever it is you are doing, do appropriately. Mm-hmm. It's the word in Timothy and Titus for the word modesty. It simply means appropriate. You don't go to church in a bikini, and you don't go swimming in a suit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's not appropriate. A posture. I like to use the word posture for that, too. What's well, that? You,
0: the way you dress is your posture. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. You, a swimsuit means you're going to be swimming. It, it'd be disrespectful. In a different setting.
2: Good example. Yeah. Did y'all get that? Good. All right. Good. Good. Carolyn, right? <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> Carol. Well, I've got to repeat
2: it a few times because I don't hear well, and I remember less. <laughs> okay. So now he says, gives us another order. Let your moderation. And by the way, I'm looking from the Greek here, so I don't know what order it is up there. Um, You see, the the, the adjectives usually come before in in Greek, and so we change that around for English. let, Let something be known, let your moderation be known unto all men. Now the little statement is the launching of our subject that we're going to be developing in verses 6 and well on down through, at least through 6. The the Lord is at hand. Now up in verse 4, we talked about your position in the Lord, and we are to be doing what in that position? In is always positional. All prepositions are related to a sphere or to a position um, in one way or another. Into, out of, above, below. Those are all prepositions. Because they're relating to a sphere or a surface or relating to some object. So in means positioned in the Lord. Rejoice. And then he begins to and launches this statement, the Lord at hand. It's an adverb. The Lord is at hand, and it means that he is really close to arriving on the scene to these people to whom he's writing. That is his position to the church. First of all, we notice our position in him. Now, his position to the church Is that he is at hand. Now if you were looking at this as your cradle, as your launch, it means that you are expecting some issues in life to emerge out of this, right? Wouldn't you if you had that statement made to you and it was relevant to you today?
0: Like when you find out you're going to be dying in a couple months, you act differently than if you would have if you knew you had 20, 30 years. Oh, yeah.
2: oh, you're too clever. <laughs> I like that. Exactly. Isn't that right? So he says, now to you folks, the Lord is at hand. That's, that's relating to his position to you. And we, we know that as we go in other subjects here, but that's the crisis between verse 4 and verse 5, one is our position and him and what we are to be doing in that. And then his position to the church is then the launching that brings us into the subject that he's going to be discussing in verse, um, I think, 6 following. All right, let's leave it for that and let's go to the book of Acts. Now, folks, I hope that we don't have to review every week. What we've gone through today. I said I was going to have one intermediate thought, just to aggravate you, and I'm going to do that now. Was man made in the image of God? Yes. Yeah, I don't. By the way, I don't want any discussion on this. I haven't got time for discussion on this. This is just, just, you know. Thought-provoking, I hope. Is God capable of sinning? No, Oh, yes. Yeah. So man's not made in the image of God, then?
1: <laughs> you
2: just caught yourself into a big trap, folks. You're just pure Calvinist
1: and don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: See, that was a trap, and you don't all failed. What
1: you mean by image? <laughs>
2: well, that's true. But the very expressed image is Christ. Man is made in the image of God. But he didn't become in the image of God until chapter 3 of Genesis, right? He says, now you have become as one of us Mm -hmm. after after man had sinned. Now, he says, now you have become as one of us then. Not before. Man was not made in the image of God in his entirety until after the sin, and he came out of innocence. See, in in innocence, it's nothing. So, you've got to get your thinking, by the way, I'm not meaning for this to be a point of discussion today, although I always welcome that, you know that, but um, I want it to be a, a point of thought, is that, God certainly is. If He were capable, He were not capable of sinning. Man was made in His image, then man would not be capable of sinning either, and neither would there be a devil. You have to tie everything together. It doesn't mean that God does sin, but man's, But we're talking about capability. Mm-hmm. Now, man is capable of not sinning or sinning. He has capable of going either way. So I'm suggesting to you to think about the issue, and then we'll move on to uh, our subject. That that God probably, in my estimation, is because of verse 3, of uh, chapter 3, and I don't know what verse it is. Um, Genesis. I think it's Genesis 3. Um, uh, if I can find it real quick. Chapter 3? Either three or four. Uh, verse twenty-two of chapter three. Now, now, man has become like one of us. See, man was not made in the full likeness of God until after the sin, and now it was the definition of man is the capability of knowing both good and evil, not practicing, but knowing.
0: What verse was that again? Uh, 27. 27. Okay, you said 23. I
2: probably did. In
0: chapter 3? Well, no, three, it is chapter
2: three. 22. It is chapter 22. I can't read the print over here, so.
1: Okay. It's yeah, it's, 3, verse, 22.
2: Tw- okay. it's tw- verse 22.
1: Oh, okay. I
2: All right. So now, now, that's that's a little things that just that's a little separate issue not a part of the first or the second we're going to go to the book of Acts now because that's where our text is and that can lead us into all kinds of trouble
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, we
2: want you to think you, you know Lana knows we never ask you to agree with us and if you did I would really be disappointed it means that you're not thinking huh mm-hmm. yeah Pe- people have to have to think and Hopefully, the the information that we give to you is sufficient for you to arrive at a rational decision.
1: But um, well, subs- the way that I break that down in Genesis is when God told Adam and Eve to not eat from that tree, it was they were, the choice was already presented. The choice was presented. So, and that's what we have in common as human beings: is that free will, that inalienable right. He started
2: with the choice. He gave them a choice. Yep. And uh, but you see he knew enough to give them the choice. Absolutely. He he knew that be, because of God's capability himself he could make he could lay a choice on the people.
0: It's always, <clears throat> it's always wise. Were... Wrapped
2: wrapped up in that thought. Oh,
0: there are so many things. It's so always wise to not question what God can do. That's right. He's infinite. We are finite. That
2: Really? Boy, that is surprising. I thought you were infinite. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're, we're in Acts chapter 15, because those are just prelim, prelim, uh, preliminary thoughts uh, for thought, and we're introducing... The cradle idea for, for looking at the verses uh, that verse six that's coming up because there's been a question here and we're dealing with it that way just in in segments. All right, we want to in chapter 15 we have a letter being written in verse 23 and it's um, it's from the apostles and the elders and the brethren in Jerusalem. And he's writing this book to whom? in verse 23?
1: The Gentile churches.
2: The Gentile churches in the region of Antioch. Antioch. So this, first of all, he is just telling you what they wrote. Verse 24, and we've already... We're not going to discuss a lot of this here, but uh, just moving right along. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words. And remember that words are the power. Language is the only rational approach that God has made to man. He cannot appeal to you through any other means. Again, it's not that he couldn't, but to the general population. And when he has gone through someone in a unique way, it's for a unique time, for a unique person, and for a unique uh, limitation. And Always for a purpose. Always for a very definitive purpose. So not so words are the power. And I think it's Romans 1.16 that the, the gospel, the words of the gospel are the power of God unto salvation. Apart from that, there is no power. It's the words and what those words mean and say that create for us uh, the incentive to do what God wants us to do. You, you know nothing else apart what God has said that's real. And that's why it's called truth. Truth is what's real. From God's perspective, from the infinite perspective, and for man, our belief in what God has said about things that we cannot see is the Christian definition of faith. Believing what God has said about things that you cannot see. If you could see it, it wouldn't be faith. It would be sight. And if it's sight, it has no value to your Christianity temporary. It's temporary. Everything seen is going to be put aside. All right. <clears throat> Those are great principles, folks. If you apply them, they will affect your life. So they have troubled you with words, subverting your souls with what? With words. You must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. So out of the apostles, out of... Uh, the elders and the brethren in the church uh, of uh, Jerusalem, he is saying, We have not said, and we are the source of your authority, because the authority comes from Jerusalem. Remember from Acts 1. The authority is established in Jerusalem. (coughs) Not Nauvoo, Illinois, by the way. Nor Grand Junction, Arizona. Is there such a thing? I don't know. Anyway, um, and he, so he, we, we've, gave, we've given no such law, no commandment that you must keep the law in any of its ritual or any of its aspects. Just There's no law given by them that we have to keep that law. Now, it doesn't mean that all parts of the law are wrong. It's just that they are not under our commandment today and for the Gentiles. It seemed good to us, being assembled with them, uh, with one accord, and of course that's a miracle, people in an agreement, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name, the character, the, the, the name, the word name comes from what word? Nomenclature. comes from the word nomenclature, it means the full disclosure of all the elements. It's... Uh, it's It's that little tag on the back of your washing. Any of you wash your clothes? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All of that little tag on the back of your, that the mechanic looks at, uh, it gives him all of the numbers that gives you the access into all the parts and lists and everything. That's the full disclosure of everything in that instrument. On my 23-year-old truck out front, it's got a nomenclature tag right on the door. It says, made in Mexico 24 years ago. (laughs) It's a Dodge. (laughs) See, that's the nomenclature, and in that are the numbers that give you access to every little piece, part in that truck. Follow it through. If it doesn't fit that, you don't want to buy it it because it may not be the right object. That includes headlights and taillights and everything that's in that truck is according to that nomenclature tick. That word name is the word nomenclature. It means a full disclosure of it has nothing to do with the word Jesus. Jesus was the most common of names in Jesus' time. Everybody was called Jesus. And how many people do you know today are called Jesus?
0: The ball players. Oh, the who? That's Jesus. She's talking about
2: the ball players. You see a lot of of Jesus. I mean, it's pronounced Jesus. Well, that's right. And it would be in Greek, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's nothing, and that's why Jesus was called who he was, because he was representative of the common man. So here we have people who have hazarded their their life for the qualities and all of the elements and all of the aspects of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way when did Jesus become Lord
0: when he died on the cross or when he resurrected yeah. Resurrect. when he at his resurrection yeah
2: when would he when was he Christ
0: after the resurrection
2: and you know you might debate that but the, at the last events he was not the Lord it says in Acts, remember we studied that in Acts Chapter 2, verse 36, Mm -hmm. verse 36, that God has made him Lord and Christ. He did not make him Jesus, I mean, at this point, but he made him Lord, ruler, and the anointed one, that's the high priest. God, oh, you got it. Therefore let all of the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ Lord has made him both Lord he wasn't that to begin with he wasn't that in the manger he became that by God's appointment this Jesus whom you cross crucified and the evidence of that was the resurrection.
0: His purpose was to die I mean that that's what made him worthy of praise yep. He came to die. His purpose was not just to die. I, I, that, you know that's. But that's, his, his was purpose was this.
2: resolved in the death, this
0: yes. factor. His, pur- his purpose was resolving the sin issue, the sin debt issue.
2: That's right. And that's why it says in, on the cross, um, to tell us die. It is finished. It is complete. Mm-hmm.
0: But wait a minute. He existed before that. So
2: What's that? He existed before that. Oh, yeah. But not as Lord or Christ. He preexisted with the Father then as a created being the true. and then became the Word or the He was the Word and then the Word took on flesh. The nature, the sarx, by the way, is the Greek word there meaning fleshly nature. He took that on at His birth and was named what? Jesus. And He was at that point named Jesus. Now a lot of times through that He was called different titles out of just the author is writing from the standpoint of not what he has accomplished nor what he has Fulfilled in terms of God's purpose, but just as the kurios uh, the Lord meaning the dictator the
1: Lord uh, He was called rabbi. He was called a lot of things.
2: He was called a lot of things. So he had to you know his life was a whole life of correcting all of this terminology. Is that our issue today? Yeah, absolutely. Terminology yeah, absolutely. is still the issue of the church today is that people don't know what things mean. We you know, have to know Thomas, what
1: they You know, Thomas got it got it right after the resu- you know, after the resurrection and when he appeared. You know, he doubted and then he he said, my Lord and my God, I believe.
0: Yeah.
2: And we don't know whether he was saying that in anticipation or we don't know. See, we add a lot of assumptions to that, that we don't really know. Well,
1: what... guilty is charged on that. Yeah. Okay. that does fit into the timeline that we were talking about. Yeah, that does.
0: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> Jesus is never officially Lord nor Christ until after the... Um, um, Death and resurrection. And he's he was declared that. He was declared by the that Apostle Peter on the during the first gospel sermon. Yes. The first entrance into the kingdom. Yes. And that's right in and where we were in Acts, Acts two thirty six. Yes. 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 He was declared at that point by God, Lord in Christ. Now a lot of people knew in in and in anticipation that he was going to be the Christ. Yes. And so they used the term in uh, in that way, but he wasn't declared that God was not in agreement with that until this point. Who do you say I, I am? am?
0: Remember that?
1: Yes. Who do you
0: say I am? I like to think about, you know, Abraham, it, when God stopped him when the knife mid in midair and right. said, "Now I know, now, I, now know. I know, because now you were going to do it. It didn't happen until it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It exactly. a little point in the Old Testament, in my opinion. I think so as well.
1: Yeah.
2: Now I know. I didn't know before.
1: Now, now we're learning who God is, right. what his nature is. Yeah.
2: Him. Okay, let's move on. Those are good, good feet. I like that. So it, it seemed good to us being assembled with uh, one accord, to send chosen men unto you. And who's the us again, quickly? That's
0: the apostles. That's the
2: apostles and the brethren and the elders of the church at Jerusalem being assembled together with one accord. That's unique. To every, everybody was in agreement. Boy, that's never happened since that time, maybe. Uh, and, and then to send chosen men unto you. Who's the you?
1: Gentiles. Gentiles.
2: It's the Gentiles in Antioch. Okay, just to abbreviate that, Nolan. So these are, these are men that have hazardous uh, their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent, therefore, Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things, the same things. Well, they're going to alter it a little bit for convenience because they're going to be with you face to face and they don't want to come down on you too hard. So they're going to mellow out a little bit from what we've sent to you in writing so that you don't feel so abrasive. No. They don't want to make you feel
0: uncomfortable. What? They don't want to make him feel uncomfortable is how it works today.
2: You caught on to my sarcasm here, <laughs> you know. Um, we're going to send Judas and Silas. And by the way, who were these? What was the office of these men? Prophets. They were prophets. We know that later on in, in, the, in the latter part of this chapter. They were prophets. They were the foundation of uh, Ephesians 2:20. I think, is that the church is built upon the foundation of the whom and the whom? The
0: apostles and the prophets.
2: Of the apostles and the prophets. And so these are two of the New Testament prophets. They're going to tell you the same thing. Same thing. For it seemed good to the, whole, to the spirit. I have no idea whose spirit this is. Probably the spirit of the apostles. I don't know that. We have not a clue. Now if you'll notice that the word spirit is the word spirit. Pneuma pneumati, and pneumati always means what? Breath. 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 And it is always in what gender? Neuter. Neuter. So it's it neuter can. neuter, but it's capitalized, Dave. I'm confused. <laughs> you turkey. <laughs> yeah. Well, but in the Greek, all letters are capitalized if it's true Greek. There are no small cases in Alexandrian Greek. So, this would... That's not why
1: it's
2: capitalized. No, that's not why it's capitalized. So, you know, the the word... It's a shame we have to go over this and over this, but, you know, the word spirit simply is a a word that represents all that the name is.
0: All that anything is.
2: All that anything is. And that's why... Uh, in the last chapter of, um, I don't know, Galatians maybe, I think it says, uh, let, well, let's go there. Spirit
0: okay. in itself is a blank canvas, and whatever is painted on it is can be defined as either holy or evil, or however that's, you want to describe it. That's why
2: it has to have an adjective, because it can be either way. It's never an entity, by the way. It's not a person. It's not, it's not a, a
0: person. Male or female. And that's why the word good isn't there in that verse. It just says it, it appears. The it, it Good's not necessary because it's already holy. Okay, verse, uh, that's right. In verse 28. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah, just one word down.
2: Okay, now in verse, uh, we're going to have to wind this thing down today, but
0: um, I would wait for you to
2: get started. We want to get started? Okay. Chapter 6 of Galatians, uh, verse 18. And by the way, there are some serious translation errors in Galatians. Really, really upside down. They've got their adjectives mixed in with, I mean, it's just, um, you lose some of the really powerful points of the book. You have to diagram. How many of you diagram sentences every sentence that you read in the Bible? How, How many times do you diagram it? Well, if you're going to get an understanding of it, you have to diagram it.
1: Every time in this class. Every time in this class.
2: You have to diagram your sentences. Folks, it's tedious. It's hard work. We usually try to do it for you when there's a need for it.
0: That's the tribulation, though. That that's, the, that's right.
2: That's, that's the tribulation of learning. But if you don't get your words in the right order, and we, do, we see we have no way in English to check it. So, there are just a lot of things that we have to work doubly hard on. So, look at Galatians 6, chapter 30, uh, 18. 6:18, um, The grace, and that's a noun. It's not operative. It's static, just like the word house. Of our Lord Jesus Christ, be with your... Now, your... How many of you are going to guess it is plural? All
1: I hope.
2: You're going to say it's plural?
1: No, it's
2: not. Well, let's just see. Uh, your, is,
1: the is Jesus,
2: your, your is plural.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, why didn't they pluralize the noun then that follows it? You have to do that. Mm-hmm. See, we don't have a yours. Well, I guess we do, but I mean, we, we usually use it in the possessive. Yeah. Urine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So here he says, the spirit of you all is literally the way it spells. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the spirit of you. Your, your spirit is talking about the spirit of the church of Galatia. Yeah. Now, the church has a spirit. Now, hopefully, we have the spirit of learning. Huh? We have, we have the spirit of learning.
1: It's a group. It's a Your describes the group, and spirit des, describes the individuals within the group. It's well, pretty easy. Out it's of that group.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's not a separate entity. It is simply that which reflects who and what the people are and stand for. How easy can it be? I have a chart on that somewhere. I don't know. Um, I can't keep track of all this stuff we do. And um, Sharon keeps telling me, that, you know, what about this and what about that? And what about those two words 15 years ago? I have not a clue. <laughs> but I'm going to look it up for her. Um, and the introduction to the book of Revelation, we went through a lot of introductory books, you know, uh, uh, Thessalonians and that to, to, Quite to define the time frame, and uh, she's wanting me to get the documentation that I used. I'm going to have to do that today or tomorrow. Anyway, <clears throat> let's let's finish up here. For just remember that. In other words, there was a spirit of the group. The one accord is defining that spirit. It seemed good to the spirit, and then it has to be modified as to the Holy Spirit. And there really is no two there. Because see that suggests something, doesn't it? Yeah. There's no two, is there? It wasn't about. No. No. No, it just seems good for the spirit. It seem it just seemed good for for the spirit, for it seemed good spirit. Yeah. So he's just talking about that element of the apostles, the uh, the uh, brethren, and the elders. That spirit represented by the earlier statement in the previous verses, mm-hmm. one accord, that is a spirit that emulated from that group. And that was a good spirit. And I think it's... Um, it's called holy here. By comparison, it would be like team spirit. It's only in this case, it's the church spirit. That's the church spirit, sure. <clears throat> so I want to leave you uh, with the thought here, uh, and to uh, and it seemed good to us that we're in agreement with all of this the people who are writing it and the people who are being represented here and they, they all had a oneness of spirit to lay upon... By the way, the spirit has... There's no word for in Greek for spirit. you know that? The, the word spirit doesn't exist. Where'd it come from then? You tell me.
0: You tell me. There's no, there's no
2: such word in the Alexandrian Greek. There is no such word as spirit. What
0: was on the screen
2: then? Oh, that's the word pneumatos.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It's translated that way, but it doesn't mean that at all.
0: It means breath. 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 It means
2: breath. It's the same as wind. Because breath contains everything that's within you. It's pneuma. It's air, the word air. What do you have? If you have pneumatic tires, what kind of tires do you have?
0: Spiritual tires. <laughs>
2: Spiritual tires. Oh. Okay,
1: that's, so, that's almost getting nasty.
2: You see, this just makes everything so practical yeah, and real.
1: That's what's happened to the word, you see. That's what's what
2: happened to the word. Uh, the word spirit simply does not exist anywhere, any place, any place in, in ancient Greek. So we need to get rid of that use of that word, but I don't know how to do it. I've thought about that for a long time. It's a time. part of
0: the English language, and that's what we speak and work in, so it's we deal with it.
2: We have to go with it, but we have to then understand. We what, have
0: to define it consistently define the, the same yes, way every time. Exactly. That's exactly. right, Alex. You
2: David, got, uh, we found a translator that he translates that ghost as the breath effect of God. That's, uh, Wilk, What I, I know the book. Yeah, yeah, written here in Arizona, the as a matter of fact. Yeah, right. We're out of time. Okay, we're out of time. I'm going to finish just one more statement here to us then. To lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, and we'll quit there and pick up next week. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful. We are so thankful that we have an anchor in the Word. Our commitment is to that anchor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.